But one of the things that, you know, when you get to know some of these guys and they're all great people, right? Like we yeah. work with some really fantastic people, but um, they're extremely lonely and the wealth and fame are a double-edged sword. I also think that you're totally right that there's all of these local entrepreneurs, folks that are making it happen, mm -hmm. you have access to, would be yeah. more than happy, honestly, to talk to you. <laughs> Happy Monday, everybody. I hope you guys have enjoyed your weekend. I know that I have. Uh, volume one of my newsletter came out today. So uh, if you haven't subscribed to that, please do. Uh, you can go to daltonkjensen.com or you can subscribe on Twitter. Wherever you uh, want to do that is great. Make sure you're following me on Twitter. That's where I go live. Uh, YouTube and Twitch as well. But uh, mostly Twitter. Uh, that's where I'm kind of hanging out. LinkedIn, I do a little bit there. But uh, please, please follow me on Twitter and sign up for the newsletter. It would mean the world to me. And if you guys get any value out of this uh, podcast today, please share it with your friends. Uh, without further ado, Jerry Bolander actually joined me. He's another friend that I met in Sean Puri's writing cohort. Uh, that was a great class. Uh, and I met so many fantastic people. Um, Jerry Bolander is actually the author and host. So author of the book, The Entrepreneur Ethos and the host of the Entrepreneur Ethos podcast, how to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient entrepreneur community. You can get his book and all of it, the rest of his content on thedailymba.com. Uh, that's definitely where you should check him out. That'll be in the description below. And with all that being said, please welcome Jerry Bolander, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Thank you. Welcome, everybody. This is Don Jensen, and you're tuning into The Thinking Project. Facebook and Instagram aren't good for my soul, man. <laughs> yeah, I saw on Twitter <laughs> that you're going to completely give them up. You're like, I'm done. With yeah, you. yeah. And you know what's funny about that is I even had like, I mean, I even, I, I was over... 1100, 1200 followers on Instagram, which isn't like a ton or anything, but I mean, I was like, I was working on it. I was building it. I was doing a lot of good stuff. And then I just, one day I got on Facebook and Instagram and I started, I picked up journaling again and I wrote down how I felt and I was like, yeah, Facebook and Instagram is not good for my soul. At least on Twitter, I can restart because I don't have like any followers on Twitter. I can restart with who I'm following and just write good stuff and just like kind of restart everything. So, right, right. yeah, man. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of like my experience, but this is all about you, Jari. Um, tell me about like, so you have a PR marketing firm, you have your podcast. Uh, I, I'm super happy that we met. We met through Sean Peary's writing course. Yeah. It was great um, class. I'm glad we met. Was, uh, it was, it was a good class. I mean, he, he crushed it on that class. He did a really good job. So tell me about you though. Take me back to the beginning. Um, is this the first company that you've owned your, your no, PR and marketing no, firm? No, okay. No, no. I'm a, uh, I've been at six startups through my 25 plus careers as an entrepreneur. Oh, wow. I, I tell people I'm just unemployable. <laughs> so I have to start businesses. <laughs> it's, awesome. it's not that I'm that big a, dick, <laughs> but, uh, right, right. I just, I have a certain way I like to do things. And typically it's been, Oh, okay. Well, that means you should start your own company. So yeah, I mean, I started out in the semiconductor business. I live here in Silicon Valley. I did a lot of chip design and 
product engineering for chips and been with a couple of startups ranging from parallel processors to USB to Bluetooth to DNA sequencing chips, like all this crazy stuff that's like super nerdy, techy stuff. Yeah. (laughs) And then, uh, you know, like all good stories, I met a girl and uh, (laughs) fell into doing PR and marketing um, when she got sick with leukemia. And so Mm. she's been, she's been dead now four and a half years. Um, so leukemia took her, but, uh, before, before leukemia took her, um, you know, I helped her with her PR marketing firm, which is what I still run today. And it was, you know, originally professional athletes. Um, she was a professional athlete publicist. And then when I got, uh, involved with her, we sort of moved into, um, you know, more startups and nonprofits. And so now I do basically strategic communications for tech startups, which is a fancy way of saying I I help people tell their story so that they don't screw up. (laughs) And so they can scale and launch and, you know, like do what they do best. Um, And it's been a lot of fun. It's been interesting to, you know, go from engineering to, PR and marketing. Cause you know, let's be honest, it's not that hard. <laughs> Although I do write for a living. So I can appreciate when we were taking Sean's class, you know, a lot of the stuff that, that, that he taught us is stuff I do know a little bit of, but it's always good to kind of level up your craft with, with a, with an expert, with a master in that sort of thing. So it was pretty cool to kind of see that all the stuff that I have been doing over the last five years, you know, one, him teaching some of the same stuff, but also learning a lot of cool things and getting to meet people like you. Cause you know, in my game and in my job, it's all about networking, which yeah. funnily enough, I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> well, networking. Well, well, since you brought that up, we'll just stay on that topic for a minute. Yeah, Cause sure. networking is hard. Like, yeah. and it's like, it's very, uh, how do you put like, tedious Mm. there's a lot of egos you kind of Mm. gotta figure out who you're talking to really quick and kind of get an idea are they are they in this or or is this just like a contact i have in my back pocket you know what i mean it's really hard because there's i think i think the ego thing is there's a lot of that going on you know what i mean how do you fight i mean you mentioned you don't really like networking i certainly understand that where are you coming from on networking? Like, how do you approach that? I started a podcast. <laughs> Dude, that is the best way to, it's the best well, way to network. Well, this is the thing, right? So I'm what's called a highly functional introvert, right? Engineer by okay, training, yeah. entrepreneur by nature, PR maven by total accident, like literal <laughs> accident, right? So my job as a publicist, PR communicator is to talk to people, communicate. And I don't like doing like biz dev or all that sort of stuff. It's just a horrible thing for me. It feels, it feels yucky. You know, there's a yuckiness to it. Right. And so I I love to help people. Like if I could just help people and get paid for it, which I sort of do, but if I could just, you know, like, Hey, can I help you do something that that's, you know, Sean and I have the same ethos when it comes to training people. He's like, I want to educate the world. If I could only do that, I would do it. And it's like, yeah, that's what I want to do. So him and I align on that really well. So as I was thinking about how I could practice communicating, practice networking, and practice getting to know awesome people, I'm like, 
well, heck, I wrote the book, The Entrepreneur Ethos, which is how to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient world through educating and inspiring the next generation of entrepreneurs, because I feel entrepreneurship is the only way that we can actually grow and thrive. And it should be open to everyone, no matter who you are. Fame, you know, it doesn't matter who you are. You should be able to be an entrepreneur. That's what I think is critical to, to, to the world. Um, so, but I'm like, God, I don't like this networking thing at all. It's just <laughs> horrible, horrible, right? But I love talking to people and I love getting to know people. So I said, well, you know, I, I'm sick of blogging. I want to do a podcast. I'm not exactly sure the podcast I should do. But what would be really cool is if I could like connect it to what I've done in the past. And that's when the Entrepreneur Ethos podcast was born because it's based on the book. Uh-huh. And so I, you know, I'm at, I've been doing it for over a year. I think I've got about 130 episodes. And about cool. six months ago, I sort of realized, hey, you're practicing networking. <laughs> you don't even know it. <laughs> well, I mean, I found out when I started my podcast that, well, it's kind of like, so I'm in sales. So it's kind of funny mm. that we kind of both came from this back. So I got my degree in accounting. So I love numbers. I love the back end of businesses and and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, but I've always been good at like sales because I got my accounting degree, but I paid for it going to school in, or excuse me, I paid for it selling and then I never got out of sales. And so mm-hmm. it's weird, but you know, one of the big things in sales is, you know, people love talking about themselves. Mm-hmm. So if you can get someone talking about themselves, you get, you know, the most interesting people are interested. Chris Voss's book, uh, Never Split the Difference, goes over oh, mirroring. Love that right? book. That's the you best know, book I've ever read. It's a, yeah, I only recommend two, but like when people go, I, I'm I'm decent at sales. And so new salespeople will go, what books do you read? And I, and I only give them two. Uh, Fanatical Prospecting by Jeb Blunt and then um, Never Split the Difference. I'm like, if you just start there, you'll be fine. Yeah. You'll have oh, a great place to start. What's that other one? Oh, I don't have a, you need to send oh, me the link. To that yes, one. I will. But fanatical prospecting, Jeb Blunt fanatical. is like the, he's a master anyway, but you know, mirroring in that book, he just, you know, somebody tells you something and, and you just kind of frame it back in a question. And he tells a story about that guy who went around his wife's, you know, his wife took him to a wedding and then everybody came up to his wife and was like, your husband's the most interesting. And all he did was like mirror questions back to people. Uh, so I was like, I'll start a podcast because everybody wants to talk about themselves. I'll let them talk about themselves for 45 minutes to an hour. And then they'll think I'm cool <laughs> and I'll have some contacts. <laughs> you, know I mean? you know what I mean? And I don't really have to do a lot. It's true. No, I mean, it's a good one. I'm so glad you brought that up because a lot of times, especially so the sales part, I'd, I'd love to that topic as well, because a lot of entrepreneurs are really poor salespeople especially tech entrepreneurs, because sales is actually a really hard thing. And what I always tell people is once you've built your product, that's half the battle. The other half is selling it and communicating it. Right. And where most products fail, most companies fail is in the process of go to market, launch sales scale. Right. Because you can pretty much get anyone to buy an MVP or like use your stuff pretty easily. Like I'm not saying it's, not hard, but there's like 1% of the world that's always going to try something, right? Maybe it's 2%, 5%, whatever. But the real yeah. trick, and I've learned this over time, 
And it's really hard for me to do sales. Like I struggle with this mightily because I feel so like weird inside asking someone for like, Hey, can you buy my stuff? Right. And, and over time I've one reading, you know, Chris's boss's book, which is just fantastic. Like probably one of the best books I've ever read about, you know, communicating and like talking to salespeople. And uh-huh. the thing that's been really striking for me is that in order for me as a human and as like an entrepreneur to get better and like, I'm going to launch another company or whatever, I have to stop focusing on the technical stuff. Cause I understand all that. I've been doing that for a long time. I have to focus on the sales marketing communications piece because the best story wins. It's <laughs> not about the product, <laughs> right? It's about how you yeah, talk about the product, right? Yeah, and it's taken me 25 years to learn that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> beat me in the head, you, you knucklehead. You got it, you know. And yeah, and it's just been because it's one of those things that if you're a technical person, your mindset is build it and they will come. Yeah, yeah. not true. No one cares about your stuff. No one really cares about your widget, what it does, why your tech. No one cares about that. They care about the problem or the job to be done, to be solved. And customers are just people that are looking for problems to be solved. Yeah. Once I realized that, I'm just like, well, I'm just helping people solve problems. Oh, okay. Now, how do I, how do I, then how do I talk about that? Right. Right. And boy, that just flipped the switch. And so through the podcast, talking to, you know, entrepreneurs going onto their podcasts and just really building up that. It's actually a muscle, excuse me, the sales muscle to really kind of build the sales muscle. I've found more and more success and I'm just, just, just shocked. It took me 25 years. (laughs) It takes me a while, I guess. Well, and it's not your fault. Salespeople get a bad rap. I mean, I, so my first sales job was in cars. So I sold autos. And yeah, and so, and I, uh, I was pretty successful, but it was like the, I mean, that's the one, right? Mm. If, if salespeople, you know, if salespeople are already like above lawyers or we're right there with lawyers, <laughs> car salespeople are above, you know what I mean? Everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? The third rung in the ladder to purgatory. Exactly. Like below that, right? Yeah. It's oh, like, yeah, it's like it's lawyers, true. salespeople, car salespeople. Yeah. But anyway, I started on car sales and, and thankfully we had a good, like we were able to be number one and, 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 you know, and I would always tell people, you don't get to number one by ripping people off. So we really had to like learn how to break down walls and like help people enjoy the process and kind of innovate the process. But I would hire new salespeople. I got to a point where I had, I had done sales for two years. I was uh, then you know, I was a uh, team leader and we would hire and and train people. And uh, one of the questions that I would always ask is like to new car, by the way, new car salespeople, they just signed up, signed all the paperwork. They were ready to, they were ready to sell. I'd be like, what was, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when I say car salesman? And they would just rip me apart, you know, everything sleazy lie or whatever. And I was like, well, that's the job that you just signed up for. (laughs) And, uh, and now we got to figure out how to get rid of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so how do you, how do you do that? Uh, We, we did it through a lot of empathy. We did it through a lot of, and just, uh, and I never subscribed. Like I'm a weird sales guy. Like I, I told people like, you're not going to bat a hundred 
if you, you know, and if you run into a sales trainer, who's like, if you follow my process, everyone will buy from you. Like he's lying to you. Yeah. <laughs> you no, it's I mean? true. I mean, it's the same thing with <laughs> entrepreneurs, right? Right. Right. All we see right. Is the survivor bias of the ones that made it. And everyone's like overnight success, this, that, and the other thing. I'm like, right. I have no idea how many, you know, if you just look at the numbers, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one in 10 make it roughly one in a hundred, maybe is a unicorn. One in a thousand is a unicorn, a unicorn being a billion dollar company. Yeah. There's a lot of people swinging a lot of <laughs> swinging at a lot of balls, trying to hit it over the fence and they just don't do it. Right. And so that's why this is such a, can be such a difficult job and you have to be in it for the long run. Yeah, absolutely. So let me ask you a question. I wrote this down because you're talking about entrepreneur ethos, uh, your book and your podcast. And I have some thoughts on this, but I'm curious about yours. Sure. What should be the goal of an entrepreneur? Like money aside, stuff like that. Like what, what do you think? Is there like a real, you know, non-tangible goal that an entrepreneur should have to succeed in this game? Yeah. I mean, it's in the uh, subtitle of my book. It's uh, how to build a more ethical, inclusive and resilient world okay. through entrepreneurship. And, and I've actually modified it for the podcast a little bit. Now I say how to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient world through educating and inspiring the next generation of entrepreneurs. And the entrepreneur game is not a get rich quick scheme. In fact, you probably will never get rich if you look at the numbers. And I mean, you're a numbers guy. Yeah. Numbers don't lie, right? Right. You know, for every, you know, unicorn, there's a thousand or 10,000 companies that are never going to go anywhere. So this is a career path where you have to have a lot of setbacks and quote unquote failure, right? Yeah, and yeah. failure for an entrepreneur is not like, oh, I failed, this company didn't go, which is like, oh, this is another learning opportunity for the next thing, the next thing. I mean, when you look at all these overnight successes, most of them have been paved with the bodies of the old things that have gone, that have, that have been the stepping stone to, to yeah. the next thing, right? Yeah. And that's an important thing to remember because it's a, it's a lifestyle where, you know, if you want to build an independent life that completes you on your own terms, then that's the entrepreneur. But there's frustration in that because there's a lot of variability in pay. You're like, you know, where's my corner office, you know, and like, <laughs> right. you know, sweeping the back, cleaning the bathroom because you can't afford the maid. I mean, and that's true. Yeah. I've done that a bunch of times because you're so committed yeah. to the process. So for me, entrepreneurship is really, I think a force for good in the world because it's the only job you can pretty much do anywhere in the world. There's always some entrepreneurial spirit in every culture everywhere yeah. because people need goods and services. People take risks. So for me, we're, we're like the people that innovate. I, I always say that we're the creatives of the business world. So yeah, the business people that run stable companies, you know, they take marginal risk, but you know, if you're going to open a grocery store in a neighborhood, chances are it's going to do okay. Like there's some innovation there, but it's not like I'm going to start my own. I'm going to invent an electric car or yeah. I'm build the internet. Right. 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 So for us, we, and, and it's actually an honor to be an entrepreneur. Society gives us a high degree of responsibility and autonomy to, and they trust us. Honestly, they, they trust us to go off and innovate and they know we're going to fail. 
And they're like, that's okay. You're pushing the world forward through your actions, right? It's the only way I can think of that does that. I mean, you know, there's government, there's nonprofits, um, and then there's, you know, the uh, commercial endeavors and all play a part, but entrepreneurs are the ones taking the most risk. I mean, you know, you say, well, venture capitalists and people with money, they don't take risks. They're not they're risk averse, <laughs> actually. And what's interesting is that the, the venture capital model is all a numbers game. Right. It's literally a numbers game. Like they know most of us will fail. So what do they do? They place a bunch of bets and they just wait for one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They really do. Yeah. So it's all for them a process of, okay, I've got, I've got a hundred million dollars. I've got to deploy it over the next five to seven years. And then I got to get a return on that money in 10 years. I'm just going to place my bets and see what happens. And some, you know, people are good. Some are good at it. Some are bad at it, but they generally are playing the odds. So the ones that have a process in place, the ones that kind of have this innovation engine, that's why I think it's one of the best ways to innovate and move societies forward because entrepreneurs find a way. <laughs> we just do. We have to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, when you talk economically, like that's what moves economies forward is like this trade for trade for gain. Like I built something, give me money to build more. Like that's why scalability in business is like so important, you know, being able to like keep going and keep building and, and creating more and more value, like in, in the economy, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a guy named uh, John Deary. He is the executive director of the Center for American Entrepreneurship out of D.C. And they did a study on overall job growth and economic growth. They're like, oh, yeah. What drives job growth? What drives economic growth? Turns out that job growth and economic growth are driven by firms that have been around for less than five years. And they have net yeah. positive growth. <clears throat> Big companies have net negative job growth. Let's wow. Let that sink in a little bit, right? Well, yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, I agree with you. I started this podcast out just for small businesses. Hmm. Like I wanted to talk to people who, who influence small businesses. And I wanted to talk to people who, who own small businesses because that's 95% of the, the jobs period. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. I know it sounds crazy. Like what was the statistic I was reading the other day about Amazon? They employ like, well, especially here in, in Salt Lake, they have a few warehouses and stuff, but Amazon employed like one in 225. Right. But yeah. for the most part, like uh, Amazon, Walmart, these big guys, they only account for like two or three out of every two or 300. The other yeah. people are small businesses. So you got 95% of the, workers in the workforce being employed by small and medium-sized businesses. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just fascinating because oh, you got to save them, man. Well, you got to <laughs> save them. You got to support them. You got to yeah. invest in them. You got to go yeah. shop local. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I use Amazon all the time. I mean, oh, I yeah, got, told you before yeah, we got absolutely. on the pod, I had a fire at my apartment. So <laughs> basically got to reconstruct my life. That was last week. And, um, yeah, bought some stuff from Amazon. It was sure. just more inconvenient. Sure, sure, sure. But, you know, <laughs> I went down to my local hardware store today and I've been buying stuff from them too. So it, it, it's just fascinating because a lot of times the focus is always on these massive companies, just, you know, huge juggernauts of tech or whatever. 
And I, through my podcast as well, I want to focus on those entrepreneurs, their journey, and why it's so important to like give them the tools and support to go off and build the next day. And don't get yeah. me wrong. I'm an entrepreneur. Yeah, I'd love a billion dollar exit at one point, but sure. that does not define me. What defines me is helping people learn more about entrepreneurship, right? Educate and inspire the next generation of entrepreneurs, because I think it's a great thing to do. If you want an independent life that completes you, this is pretty much the only game, unless you're rich, but then that's boring. <laughs> Why would you want to do that? Right. <laughs> that's how silly, like money. Like that. Yeah. Yeah, so, for sure. <laughs> you know, need enough to get my, you know, my, uh, <laughs> I just need enough to support my expensive coffee habit. Then after that, cool. but, but you know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so this is just one of those things, which I'm so glad I'm on your show talking about this and that you're focused on small business, you know, the little guy, quote unquote, Yeah, because not enough attention is being paid to those mom and pop shops, those sole proprietors, those even the side hustle, even the, like the, even the local, you know, plumber, contractor, yeah. cleaning, sir. I mean, all of those people are so critical to our economy. so critical to the fabric of our communities that, you know, they need to be helped. And it's just, I love nothing more than, you know, some young entrepreneur or even older entrepreneur. Hey man, yeah. I'm going to start this thing. I'm like, Oh, I'm in, let's go. I believe, yeah. I believe, let's do it. You know? Yeah, I think you're right. I think you hit a tune that I have always talked about. That was actually one of the foundations of why I did this. Um, is that I was scrolling through LinkedIn. I had this guy on my podcast, his name's Mark Smith. And, uh, he was talking about him and I were talking and, and I got the idea from him, but it hit me so hard that I was like, that's it, dude, that's what we're doing. And, um, he said that, and I later adopted that we spend so much time focusing on like Jeff Bezos and Warren Buffett and Elon Musk and these guys who like have lived great lives and they've sacrificed a lot and they're doing amazing things. I don't know him personally. I just know what I see, you know, in the, in the media, right. You see all these guys and, and people like look up to them, right? They're like, I want to be the next, whatever, Tim Cook, Steve Jobs, all these guys. And I'm like, yeah, but you don't, I, I'm just not sure. I'm not fully convinced that you saying that means that you're convinced that you want to live that kind of lifestyle, right? When, when right next door is Jari, who owns his own business, lives comfortably, you know what I mean? Does whatever he wants to do. And and has and and finds fulfillment and and peace in in his life, right? Like yeah. you, he's living the life you want to live. You don't want to live. I don't know, dude. I don't know what kind well, of lives they live, I, but I, I would know. be well, surprised. So I can tell you. So um, you know, I run a PR and marketing firm. Yeah. I originally started out, you know, as I told you before, you know, my my wife, my late wife, now she died four and a half years ago from leukemia. Her, her original business was a publicist for professional athletes. Like okay. Yeah. Marshawn Lynch, Yao Ming, oh, wow. Amari Sotomayor. Like now yeah. I actually still have two clients, Dion Jones and Don Tari Poe. They still do publicity and help them with their nonprofits. Wow. So I know some of these people that are like literally have come into a lot of money. Right. And, you know, athletes, typical athlete, you know, is going to come from nothing and now have something. 
right? And yeah, it's, yeah, it's, exactly. It's, yeah. it's such an interesting thing. And then they usually, almost all of them want to give back to their community and help the next generation, right? That's what Dion and Dontari want to do, which is just beautiful. And we actually yeah. teach young kids entrepreneurship through our thing called Founders Camp, which we haven't been able to do but for the last couple of years, but due sure. to COVID. But, you know, that's why this is such a fascinating thing for me, because if you can educate and inspire that next generation of entrepreneur, no matter where they are, no, I mean, there's not a single person on the planet that couldn't do be an entrepreneur. Yeah. It's not that hard. Honestly, <laughs> I wish, you know, I wish more people knew about that, how, you know, how not hard it is. You got to work hard. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Sure. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to do this. Like, Elon Musk building rockets, right? Right, right. But one of the things that, you know, when you get to know some of these guys, and they're all great people, right? Like we work with some really fantastic people, but um, they're extremely lonely. And the wealth and fame are a double-edged sword (laughs) because they have no freedom. Yeah. None at all. Like, you know, just can't walk down the street can't like be anonymous. And so for me, when I look at that, I'm like, what do I want to do? I want enough money to be comfortable, take care of my family, do the things I want to do, but I want my freedom. So freedom to me is the most important thing. My time is the most valuable asset I have. And it's taken me, you know, took my wife, Jane dying to realize how important every day was every single day that I can be free to do what I want to do is worth more money than anyone can pile on me. I mean, I just can't, I don't want to, I don't want to change time for money. Like I, 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 even in my own business, right. I'm, I'm a, you know, consultant, right. I have to charge for my time. I I, want to move away to build tools for small businesses and startups to help them tell better stories because I want more freedom. (laughs) Because freedom's (laughs) important, right? So if you want your freedom, then you have to set your life up so that no one quote unquote owns you. Right. And, yeah. you know, guys like Jeff Bezos, guys like Elon Musk, they're, I mean, they're probably really lonely. I mean, I know Elon Musk is, he said, he talks about it sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. He talks about that. And I, and I'm just saying from, from me, like when I talk to people and even for me personally, like I, if, yeah, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, I just want to do I just want to follow what I love. I want to do what I love. I want to find peace and I want to just live the life I want to live. I don't really care about, you know, I worked for a corporate group when I was in car sales. I worked for Honda. I mean, I've lived the corporate life. Don't really care about it. Don't really yeah, like don't it. I don't like that the much. bad corporate coffee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't, it just doesn't like, you know, and, and I didn't work for them for very long and or whatever, but it's just in my mind, it's more important to learn from the people that, you can actually like emulate. Right. So like whenever I see a thread, that's like three things Jeff Bezos does, I don't care. Like, I don't really, I don't want to be Jeff Bezos. I don't want to like, that's a, that's a lot, dude. I can't even imagine it, you know, or like Elon Musk did this Warren but I don't like, eh. well, like, you know, the best, the best story I've heard about this is, uh, Oh, he's a comedian. His last name is Kevin Hart. Kevin. Oh yeah. I love Kevin Hart. He's love hilarious. Hart. Great guy. Right. So Kevin, yeah, he's Hart's, hilarious. <laughs> Kevin Hart's on, you know, the, the, the drunk uncle of podcasting, Joe Rogan. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which again, I look up to him because gosh, like, you know, he's at the top of his game. Right. Yeah. So Kevin and Joe are talking about Chappelle 
right? Dave Chappelle, right? Oh yeah. And, yeah, know, yeah, yeah. I mean, look at look at the guy who just like literally leaves it all, goes to Africa, and he's like, I'm done. I'm out, right? Yeah. And so Heaven Hart is talking about how he would love nothing more than to have the freedom to do that. And you're like, you're Kevin Hart, man. And he's Why like, can't you? I can't. I've got hundreds of people that depend on me for money. I can't say the wrong thing or I lose my livelihood. Right. Yeah. And he's just sitting there reflecting on, I love being Kevin Hart. I've got no freedom to be Dave Chappelle. Like, and of course they're different people, but sure, the freedom, sure. Dave Chappelle is an example, has the freedom. He can do whatever he wants now. And right. look at that going. Oh, wow. That's I, a great, yeah. That would be a great person to talk about. I yeah. think Dave Chappelle's like one of the best storytellers in yeah. the world. He is. He's great. Hands he's down. Great. <laughs> I but, love his, I love his look, style of comedy. But look at him. Look at his, look at what he did, right? Yeah. The Chappelle show, probably the best sketch comedy uh, on the planet. I don't yeah. know. Maybe. Probably well, um, it was up not. there. I mean, it, it was, was up, up there. there. I mean, yeah. okay. You could debate whether or not, but like top five. Top yeah. 10. Let's just yeah, absolutely. Top yeah. of his game. Yeah. Top of his game. And he says, I'm out. I can't handle not all, or I don't like what I'm turning into, which I think was the more important thing. Right. And, and, and yeah, well, Kevin yeah. Hart's talking about this. He's Kevin Hart. Right. Yeah. Like, you've got every, you've made it. Yeah. And you can hear it in his voice. He's like, yeah, but I'm not free. Yeah. Jeez. That's the choice you make. Right. So I always remember that. I always remember like, do I want to be Dave Chappelle or Kevin Hart? And I love <laughs> right. both of them. I love their comedy. I watch right, them. right. Dave Chappelle, Kevin Hart. That's that's a great way to put. That's a great way to put it because I've always tried to find that. Like, yeah, I don't. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be Jeff Bezos. And if, dude, if you end up as the next Jeff Bezos, just give me a shout out one time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but like, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying, like, we miss the mark sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes we solely focus so much on like. I want to be something that you have no clue when like right next door, there's a guy who there's a millionaire who runs his own business, who you would, you never even knew. And by the way, I I have this on my website, like Warren Buffett auctioned off a lunch, his charity lunch. Yeah. I think the last auction was, was tens of millions of dollars. It's for Glide Memorial church here in San Francisco. Yeah. So like, I mean, like, so to score a, 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 a for anybody to just randomly score a lunch with Warren Buffett, it's going to take tens of millions of dollars. When the guy who lives right next door owns that chain restaurant, make is a millionaire and and sold majority of his stake, and now all of he, all he does is go check on a few of them every once in a while and cashes a check. You don't want it to, that guy will go to lunch with you for free, or yeah, you just got to buy him coffee. Right? Yeah, or just buy him lunch. Yeah. <laughs> you know. It, then, or you know, or he'll, you can interview him on your podcast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Which I did that. I gave yeah. that specific example yeah. because the guy in uh, his name is Kimo Mack. He owns Mobetas here in, in uh, Utah, Idaho, Nevada. Like he has like tw- 20 of them or whatever. The coolest guy in the world. That guy will tell you whatever you want to hear. He'll sit down with you at one of his restaurants and, and talk your off for two hours. Um, but, but you want to be like, you know what I mean? But you think Warren will have, you know what I'm saying? It's like, and none of these guys are bad, but, but that was my whole point is like, I wanted to introduce people to these, to people like you and, and chemo and these guys who are like, 
you know, this is who you should want to be like. This is this is the game. This is it, you know. Well, and, you know, what's interesting is it's it's not that you can't learn from them. Right. Like, yeah, I actually agree. Warren Buffett's one of the people I look up to, not because yeah. I want to be Warren Buffett, but because sure. I love his mental models. You know, him and Charlie Munger, the other the other half of Berkshire. Hot, right. No one talks about Charlie. Charlie's just like, yeah, just do my thing. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. You know, what's brilliant about looking up to those folks and learning from them and seeing how you can apply some of those rules. Right. You know, I love Warren Buffett's simplicity, mental models, you know, first principles of investing. Ray Dallo is the same way. Let's just look at first principles. Let's not get all complicated. I also think that you're totally right that there's all of these local entrepreneurs, folks that are making it happen. Mm -hmm. You have access to would be more than happy, honestly, to talk to you because they want, of course, a lot of them want to share what they know. Right. And, you know, it's okay. But this is the other thing I realized, you know, you're a numbers guy, like I'm a numbers guy. Okay. How many Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos and Warren Buffett's are there in the world? Yeah. There's only three, man. Three out of 7 billion people. Yeah. Who made it? Yeah. Who made it that way. Who made it? You You know, like Bill Gates and, Larry Ellison and maybe a couple. So half a dozen, maybe. Okay. That's yeah. great. But how many of the, in your local community, the business people or whatever, there's Dude. way more opportunity to be. There. Yeah. I've just <laughs> met some, I've met some crazy people who are yeah. just hustlers, you know? And like you say, yeah, I just wrote a tweet about Warren Buffett today. So I'm not like, I, yeah. I never want somebody to rat, like I'm ragging on these people. Right. I just want people to change their mindset a little bit, you know, stop looking out there you know, and start looking right here, mm-hmm. you know, start looking right next to you. Start with, he, start with here and you can build a beautiful life with the principles that your neighbors are, are doing, you know, yeah, just get, I mean, get to know your neighbors. hundred percent. I mean, I think the thing you yeah. did, one yeah. of the nonprofits that you talk about the Exodus project, right? Oh yeah. Which, um, you know, mm-hmm. anti-human trafficking, like solid, yeah. like salt of the incredible, earth. Like incredible, incredible. People, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And so, What's beautiful about that is, okay, those are not like entrepreneurial, like they may be in one sense, but they're, they're trying to, you know, prevent, eliminate human trafficking. So reason why I bring that up is my, when Jane got sick, she got sick in, she got diagnosed December 26th, 2015, like the day after Christmas. And in, um, in San Francisco, 2016 was the Super Bowl. We, we held the 50th Super Bowl here in San Francisco Bay Area, right down in Santa Clara. The first ever PR publicist client I ever worked with in my entire history in PR marketing, the first client was the Anti-Trafficking Coalition, which was called No Traffic Ahead. And it was part of the, this one company we worked for, which was called the Bay Area Anti-Trafficking Coalition, right? Uh-huh. And... I, it was the first time I was in a meeting, right? The first meeting as a publicist. There's 250, 200, I don't know, 100 yeah. people. It felt like oh, a thousand yeah. people in this room, right? <laughs> yeah. I am one of the only males and the only white male, <laughs> cis white male, right? Yeah. And I am the publicist for this, <laughs> right? I had no idea what I was doing, honestly, right? But... Yeah. This is the thing about one, being an entrepreneur and two, about surrounding yourself with good people and learning from other things, right? So human trafficking is a huge issue, especially around 
big events, right? Super Bowl can imagine yeah. sex trafficking and even labor trafficking. And it's, it's always the way it is. It's, it's human trafficking is a problem all over the world, but yeah. there's certain countries and certain people that get exploited. Right. And yeah. I didn't know anything about this, but my job is to communicate this. Right. Yeah. So I remember I'm sitting in this room, felt like a thousand people in the room. It's probably more like a hundred. Right. And there's law enforcement. I mean, this entire Bay Area coalition is trying to, you know, get the word out about trafficking and like, this is how you look at it. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it's, you would think it's like, okay, well, what entrepreneurial thing can you learn from this? Like, what is it about this thing that is like, that stuck with me even to this day? And, and, and that's the reason why it resonated when you were talking to Exodus people, because, it's really a passionate about about it, some people like very passionate about a certain yeah. cause and a singular focus on making this thing happen and no yeah, distractions. Yeah. Right. Right. And when I, when I heard that on your show and then I thought back to the no traffic ahead campaign and Bay area anti-trafficking coalition, I just realized that when you surround yourself with like-minded people that want to like really change the world, like, yeah, there's nothing that can stop that, <laughs> and that's what an entrepreneur has to, to be in their heart, right? The cause is bigger than you. Yeah, oh, that's it, right? Yeah. If the cause is bigger than you, you will you can walk through any you know valley, you know, <laughs> valley of the shadow <laughs> of death, right? I shall you know whatever whatever biblical quote you sure. want, because <laughs> in the trafficking sure. world, most of the people that are really doing well on this are from the religious groups. There was the Catholics uh-huh. and the Lutherans. I mean, they understand this is just a, you know, a moral outrage. Um, but yeah. Just- well, and it's, and it's, and, you know, back to what you were saying, uh, it's a huge problem everywhere. When I interviewed Candace on the podcast, she invited me to her gala, one of the only galas and in, uh, in-person galas in Salt Lake city in 2020. I mean, we, it was all COVID appropriate. You know, we had masks, we were social distancing, the whole stuff. But uh, yeah, it was unbelievably sobering to learn about this stuff so close to home. And so, yeah, I mean, that's part of it is is having this mission that's bigger than yourself. And we can all learn from these nonprofits as far as that goes, as far as like this this goal, this vision that's bigger than you, right? right. Um mm-hmm. And, and just to kind of, you know, to keep going. So before, you know, I, I don't want to take like your whole day cause you've been more than gracious okay. with your time, but yeah, but you wrote a book. Um, where can people find the book? Uh, it's on Amazon. Um, okay, cool. Look up that entrepreneur ethos. You can also go to the entrepreneur, the entrepreneur ethos.com. That's the podcast. Okay. Um, I'm on LinkedIn and I have a unique name, <laughs> pretty easy <laughs> to, to yeah, find dude. me. And, uh, you know, now you and I are part of the, you know, furry power writers on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Hey, it's working, dude. It's oh, yeah. working, man. Yeah. No, he's again, like it's, it's interesting great, dude. Because this it, is go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no. It, uh, the reason I bring that up, you know, from a yeah. communications point of view is that, a lot of people always ask me, so Jari, how do you go viral? Right. Like oh, is it yeah. about going viral. Right. And it, it's one of those things it's it, it, tech startups say, how do I go viral? And then the next question is how do I get into tech crunch? Right? So 
It's like, right. why yeah. does this matter to everyone? Because it's an ego thing, right? It is. So, a, yeah, it is. It's a huge it ego is. thing, right? Because a lot of times in strategic communications, you find your audience and your audience may not be what you think it is, right? Yeah. yeah. Same thing with like getting back to this anti-trafficking thing. It really yeah. was a campaign to have awareness but what they also did, which I thought was just very entrepreneurial and really thinking outside the box, is that they would train UPS and FedEx drivers and airport staff to identify trafficking, potential trafficking, right? Because wow. those are the entry points and exit points, and those yeah. people are everywhere, right? Right? Yeah. Those. Yeah. So I know this seems weird. Like, how does this relate to going viral and getting into TechCrunch, right? Well. <laughs> The thing that was very entrepreneurial about how we approached that particular thing is that we didn't just rely on one channel of communication and you build up trust over time. So when you, if you want to go viral, you have to have a track record of successes that are minor, like small, like tier three, tier two type things to build up to the big thing. Same with getting into TechCrunch as an example. And how this all relates is that as an entrepreneur, when you're building your business, the cadence of your communications has to be consistent and you have to find a tribe like we found each other through, through Sean. Yeah. You have to help each other build up to that big thing. And you have to also be very generous with your time and be of service. And yeah. that's the best thing that I got out of all of this work with nonprofits, especially the, the no traffic ahead. That just solidified in my mind that a, that a dedicated group of people can make things happen. Now, yeah. clearly, you know, it's a long haul. That's the other thing to realize. This isn't a one and done. This isn't like overnight success, right? This is, <laughs> I am in it to win it. Yeah. Day in, in day out. And, the yeah. grind. Like even, you know, what we're doing right now, <clears throat> be on the podcast, then you're going to release it. And I'm going to help you promote it. And we're going to, you know, do Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> you know, then we're going to like talk to other folks. And then I'm going to be like, Hey man, maybe you should be on my pod. You know what I mean? Like we have, yeah, exactly. Whole, because we're, because again, this is not a, this isn't like one big thing. It's right. Right. Little thing. Right. And that's how and, you go viral eventually. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and you know, it's important too, because in sales, they teach you, you know, and I taught and was taught and teach or whatever, um, that the only thing you are really fighting against is obscurity. Mm. Like it was like you were talking about earlier, right? Like nobody cares what you have. Like it's who can sell their story better. Mm. Right. One of my favorite, uh, drinks right now is liquid death, the water. Oh, bro. Yeah. You're kidding me. Right. No, dude, I, I love hoodie. those. I have a hoodie. <laughs> I have a hat. My friend I'm going Brian, to get there. My friend Brian is a fanatic. <laughs> a fanatic. I love it's, their branding and their comms. But it's just their brand. It's just a brand. They told a story. It's, and they're the best at it. Like It's, it's water in it's, a can. I'll be, honest, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. And I'll be honest with you. And I don't really care who's listening right now. It's not the best water I've ever had. No, it's not like outstanding. Well, no. it's not like, oh, my gosh, drink this water. You know no. what I mean? I, I bring it to my podcast when I do them in person because I'm like, dude, check out this freaking can. Yeah. Like people think yeah. I'm drinking beer or like and it's yeah. and it's murder your thirst and the story on the back of the can. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah. Those guys broke out of obscure obscurity. And then and when I was on Instagram. They they put all of their their bad reviews 
yeah, 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 yeah. I'm there. Yeah. And they just crushed own it. it. They're like, this is our story though. They're like, yeah. what do you want me to do? This is, and I'm like, yeah. whoo we They crush Those it. They great. crush it. That's actually a Absolute great, hunt. that's a great they, example of the best story wins. Oh yeah. Literally water. Because yeah, I mean, yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. It's water in a can, but not only that, but like, it's not even the best water in a can, but I'll buy, but I have it automatically shipped to my house every week. Yeah, I don't no, care. I the thing's freaking it. great, dude. No, the box is cool. The story's yeah. cool. And I love, I love. They have a death metal album. Yeah, <laughs> dude, it's awesome. It's this they, totally, yeah. yeah. This this contra, out. You know this outsider thing, and they just absolutely crush it. Well, thank you, Jari, yeah, for joining yeah. me. This was absolutely fun, dude. I really yeah. appreciate it. So, uh, tell us one more time the, your website, how people can find you, and then we'll sign off, brother. Yeah, sure. So theentrepreneurethos.com, that is the podcast. Um, I'm on Twitter at The Daily MBA. I also have a blog called thedailymba.com. So you can check right, that out. All right. Um, right on. LinkedIn, uh, you know, I'm, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> I am still on the Insta a little bit, but I'm with you. I get a little bit. It's, just, about it. it's not good for my soul. It's, it's not... Uh... That's it. That's all I got for you, man. It's not good for my soul. Well, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it, brother. You're welcome. Take care, man.